0: Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Lakerside Chats. I am your host, as always, Alan Ramich, bringing you two guests today, or this evening, I should say. Um, I'll I'll throw to my first guest first. He is the co-host of Dunks and Discourse. Just on last week to talk to Dennis Schroeder. I feel like we've got a bit more to discuss this week. Jabari. Jabari Davis, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thanks again for having me, Alan. It's good to be on YouTube today. And...
0: The second guest needs no introduction as well. If you follow him, you'll know Raj, Unwritten Rules on Twitter. How are you doing today, Raj? How are you keeping?
2: Doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for staying up, you know, for <laughs> having us on your time here.
0: Anytime, As you guys know, I never sleep anyway, so it's not really staying up. It's just maintaining the status quo right now. Right. So, you know, and when we get to talk Lakers, there's nothing better, right? Like... For sure I, I don't know about you guys but i feel like nothing may just happen in the past week or so like <laughs> nothing to like Scare you squad. know actually report on you know as brian windhorse said what like a few minor additions here or there <laughs> and then rob polinka decided to blow it all up wow. which was <laughs> wonderful uh obviously we've seen a lot of the moves happen there's still moves pending to be made um, yeah the I'll blazers to you won for... the,
2: the blazers won the summer right is that is oh that like, like a... I was listening to
0: Zach Lowe's podcast with Chris Herring and I got to that point I was like am I like looking at the same offseason that they had like (laughs) as much as I like Robert Covington like does that move really equate to winning the offseason and then you have the Kings like declining to match Bogdanovich's trade uh so his offer sheet with Atlanta and it's just they're like Am I the only one that's, like, looking at the rest of the league? Like, no one's really had a great offseason. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll throw it to you, Raj, first, because, like, I I, I don't know. Like, there seems to be a lot of optimism around a lot of people's free agent moves. But I I don't see it for a lot of teams.
2: Yeah, it depends how good you think Ibaka is, I guess. Like, that's Mm -hmm. really the only power-shifting move. Obviously, the Bucks got Drew Holiday. um, Had to spend a lot to get him. But with the Bogdanovich fiasco that they had... And the Lakers, I mean, I I still can't believe this roster when I just look at it from, like, who's signed currently, and they still have a few roster spots open. But, I mean, they basically had a team last year of LeBron AD and a bunch of guys on minimum deals. They flipped that to maybe the deepest team in the league, which really just doesn't make any sense, getting Marquise Morris for the minimum. I mean, we'll talk about that, obviously. But, yeah, this, this team is insane. This is, in my opinion, the deepest roster in the league. I'm sure you share a lot of the fa- same sentiments that
0: Jabari with how much the Lakers have flipped their roster and just how deep this team is now.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, you know, just to piggyback that I'll, I'll, I'll say it definitively, this is the deepest roster in the league. And, and they you know, they may not be done yet. You know, we will have to wait right. and see the truth of the matter is like, <laughs> I think I even alluded to it on, you know, the last episode that I was on, Uh, th- this was, this was the league's worst nightmare, you know, competency in the front office, Along with being aligned with, if not the strongest, one of the strongest agencies in in the game with two of the greatest, you know, the greatest player to ever play the game, you know, whatever, you know, whether you have them in your top three, whatever, as well as one of the, you know, one of the greats of this generation. That's a, I mean, like, let's keep it real. Like, that's the reason why, you know. Folks can't jump on the Denver bandwagon again this year. You know, we'll you know we'll see uh-huh. you'll see you know what happens there. So naturally, people are going to shift that attention that you know that uh you know neck beard blog boy focus uh, to a team like Portland. <laughs> and 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 you know honestly, that's not even a, a knock against them because I did like some of their moves. Uh, you know, most of them. Uh, I I like what Atlanta did. Uh, you know, c- kind of to you, know, to your point about uh about what the Bucks did. It, you know, some of it was great, some of it obviously was terrible. But uh, you know, but even even with the Drew addition, obviously they kind of mortgaged their future, you know, in, in order to hopefully slam the door shut with you know with Giannis. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, like it, it it really boils down to teams or folks just don't want to say the Lakers just came off the you know came off of a championship and were the by far the most aggressive team out there and significantly improved.
0: And and I just listened to uh Bill Simmons and Jackie McMullen on the Bill Simmons show. And you know, Jackie McMullen saying that the coaching staff will have trouble coaching Marcus Sol was oh not a route I expected him to take, <laughs> especially when you take into account that Lionel Hollins is on this coaching stuff. Like, have people forgotten this? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's I know we're gonna get into like the free agent moves and people who've moved on and whatever, but like I think some of this reporting is just asinine at this point. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it's stupid. Yeah. Like, why would Microsoft have a problem with this coaching stuff? I, I honestly don't get it. Like,
2: yeah, the, and the thing is though, like, when you usually when you have two superstars like this, you have to give up depth, right? That's the whole point. You're usually, top heavy. Like, kind of like the Lakers were last year, right? They didn't have their bench struggled at times, but now with like the deep deep roster it's it's just an insane team that they've built and it's not just the talent it's the way it's fit it fits together right Mm -hmm. like we we saw last year with the Clippers they might have had the deepest roster in the league but the talent really didn't mesh together and now we still have to see but just on paper you can see how it fits well they got and they filled like every hole that was there which is just insane to see on like before even free agency started they filled their point guard position and Dennis Schroeder, and then you know, once the Dwight Howard thing happened, they filled the backup big role, and they're still going. So, yeah, this is this is a ten man, eleven man deep. Kuzma might be the tenth man now, which is just a pretty absurd, insane yeah. absurd thing to think about. um But uh, yeah, this is this is a this is a great team. CAA will not be happy with that Jabari, will they? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> hey, they're gonna get over it.
1: They're gonna have to get over it when Kuzma's, you know, the you know the showcase, you know, showcasing his talents in New York. They'll be happy.
0: And I'll just throw to you first, you know, obviously we have alluded to some of the moves that the Lakers have made, you know, the main additions being uh, Markeith Morris back on a veterans minimum, KCP on a three year 40 million re-signing, then obviously we have the additions of Schroeder in a trade, which we obviously touched on last week. Then we have Wesley Matthews on a 3.6 million one year deal, which I think was a home run there for the Lakers. And then the most surprising move of the offseason so far being Montrez Harrell. You know, it, it's been. And then obviously, last but not least, Marcus Gasol signing on a two year, $5.3 million deal as well. Uh, what deal stands out to you the most? Which deal do you like the most? You
1: know, just maybe from a stylistic standpoint, from a personal
0: standpoint. Uh, yeah, I'll just throw it to
1: you, Jabari. I mean, you 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 kind of went into it before the show that, you know, because the truth of the matter is they addressed, you know, just about all of their weaknesses. I mean, you know, the question could still be out there in terms of, you know, getting another wing defender, but in turn, you know, but specifically most of the holes that they had, they, you know, they addressed with every move. So all of them have, been, have really been pivotal. Uh, for me, you know, kind of what you just you know you just hit on the surprise of the hero move. The you know, like Tres, I'm not gonna lie to you, I did not see that coming. You know, in fact, I mm-hmm. I, I was all over the I was over the timeline dancing, talking about Ibaka, you know, talking about you know Jeremy you know Jeremy Grant or whomever else you know the, any of the other names that were out there, and that one came out of left field. So here's the thing, while I know a lot of people tried to poo-poo that situation, specifically based on uh, a guy returning to the bubble after a death in the family. You know, playing for a team that very clearly, as a unit, didn't want to be there in the bubble for whatever their reasons were. Uh, if if we're going to just you know throw all the goodwill away, you know, based on that, you know, I, I guess. But you know, the truth of the matter is, they bring in a guy that's you know in his prime or at least entering his prime. Uh, you know, that, that doesn't work. You know, that, that that's kind of like the perfect addition. A guy that's accustomed to. Playing with other guys getting the spotlight, a guy that's accustomed to doing the dirty work, a guy that's accustomed to doing all of the little things that don't even necessarily, uh, you know, always appear on the box score. Kind of like in the same mold as you know, like Alex Caruso. And you took them from one of your rivals because I don't give a darn what they say about you know, like oh, you know, we didn't want him back and all of that. You took one of their better rotation players from them, and that's always going to be a win in my book.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'll throw to you, Raj, because I don't know about you, but. I feel like Montrez over the past few months has gone from being like, I thought it was overvalued at like the 20, 22 million that people were like projecting him. But to get a player of his quality and nine per or nine and a half or whatever it is, like, you know, whatever the figures end up being, like, I think it's a steal for the Lakers. Like, I I, I can't see it any other way. Like, I honestly do.
2: Hundred percent. And if you remember, like, what did the Clippers give up to get Montrezl Harrell? It it was in the Chris Paul deal, right? So it's not like they wanted to lose that for nothing. They can say whatever they want. Like Javari said, they developed him. We saw how that felt. I mean, Zubac got taken to the other side for Mm -hmm. pretty much nothing. We can don't need to go back to that. But (laughs) I guess not. Mike Moscala. Yeah, it's not. It's not great (laughs) to just lose, you know, players like that for nothing. And yeah, he was marketed higher, and he said he had um, offers elsewhere. And even going into the bubble, like no one was really talking about him as like this big liability. I think that I think Pete has gone into this as well in the timeline. Um, that he was kind of played out of position a lot of times. He was guarding Bobon for reasons that doesn't make sense. He was getting switched onto Luca. Um just their defensive coverages didn't really make a lot of sense. And Clipper fans, the five of them on the timeline, have decided that he was the, you know, the reason why that um, they've lost. They've just pigeonholed him as the primary reason and you know he does have defensive holes you don't get a player there's a reason why he signed for nine million and not 22 million right there are holes there but you know you upgrade the coaching uh Frank Vogel I think is a better defensive minded coach putting him in better position to succeed and and if you remember how they talked about Dwight Howard when he signed here he was you know he was he was not who he eventually became on, on the Lakers so I'm sure playing next to a guy like Anthony Davis as well will help him a lot on that end and that guy's just an offensive monster. I mean, he attacks switches. He, he go. He has like crossovers, dunks. Like it's insane uh, to pair that guy now on this bench.
0: And like you said, you know, I think the coaching stuff had a lot to do with Trez's, especially his inefficiency defensively, because like we've seen it. Like not many people can guard Nikola Jokic one right. on one. And then you put a guy who's barely 6'8", 240 on him. Like, what are you expecting to happen? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's my reaction from watching all the tape and stuff on, on the Clippers because I, I'm sad and haven't, I'm basically have time to watch all that now. Mm-hmm. Um it's there, like, you know, what did you expect? Like, they should have played Zoom more, but then that's the Clippers' problem and not ours, and good luck to them. Raj, I'll throw to you, and obviously we touched on Trez just then. another guy who, you know, really stood out for you in this free agent class, because there is a lot of them. Like, every, you could pick any, any of the five or six.
2: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't obviously a free agent. We traded for him, but, like, Shooter is my favorite one. Um, I know you guys mm-hmm. did a podcast on it, but, like, that, that guy, he solves, like, all of our kind of half-court issues. Um, Last year we would play a lot of Rondo AD on the bench and it'd be like a pick and roll. And then, you know, teams would switch or go under and drop and he just demolishes drop coverages. Um, Schroeder dropped 31 on the Lakers in November um, and he was cooking everybody. They had Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, even Alex Caruso switched on him in the fourth quarter. He had 16 in the fourth that game. I think the Lakers won a close one, but he would, he has the ability to hit that little mid range pull up and with Anthony Davis as a screener, I'm not sure how you really defend that because if you are going over the top, then Anthony Davis has a lob to the dunk, to the roll um, alley dunk. So, and he really got comfortable playing with like traditional fives like Noel, Stephen Adams, and now going from that to a guy like Anthony Davis, who's probably the most talented big in the league, is going to open him up any even more. I didn't even realize he averaged 18 a game on a team that made the was the fifth seed. I mean, this is not. Like, some, just some point guard score. You know, this is a legit offensive option um, at the one position that I don't think we've had. Like, I don't think we've had at that level since maybe D'Angelo Russell. Maybe that was, like, the last, like, scoring guard that we've had. But shooter does in different ways. But, yeah, that that's my most excited. Like, I'm just watching him. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to see him just punish these switches and all those kind of things.
0: The beauty of this off season, guys, is we don't have to wait long to watch it. It's like what, three and a half weeks and we get to watch basketball again.
2: <laughs> Hell, like, we'll be it's, in camps
1: in two weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that makes
2: sense.
0: <laughs> camps next week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Jeez. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This condensed off season I could do with this. Like this is great. Mm-hmm. Um the guy who I'm most excited for, and it's more for sentimental reasons, is doesn't the world feel right having the Lakers ever a Gasol on your team? Like, it just mm-hmm. feels right. It, we've come from full circle. Mm-hmm. Mark Gasol, I think, especially for guarding a, a Jokic or a Nurkic in a playoff series, I think that's a top three guy that we could have brought in to guard a big traditional centre like that. So having him on board and then his playmaking ability, we already know. The Gasol brothers, how awesome they are as playmaking bigs, and then the, his free point ability, which had just come on leaps and bounds in the twilight of his career, and playing alongside LeBron and AD. I think you know, I think a. A it opens up the floor for both of them so much because you're basically pulling the center away from the basket because you have to have a guy on Marcus All now. It's like you don't have a choice. I mean, not counting the, the bubble play because I think the bubble was just an experience in itself. You know, like we mm-hmm. saw TJ Warren be like Michael Jordan levels in there. So let's not take the bubble into much account. You know, as, as great as it was for some people and I, as much as I enjoyed it. But like, Mark, man, I, I'm so excited about that move. And the beauty. Of it is he won't have that big of a role, so I think he'll be well refreshed and ready when the playoffs come around,
2: Uh, yeah. And like, I see a lot of people come out and tell me that we still need like a rim protector because we lost your veil, right? But Mark is a rim protector himself, he's just not like the shot blocking, jumping Mm -hmm. style, he's like more of like the verticality. And his defensive IQ is just insane. Him and AD would probably be the smartest, like front court in terms of defense. Um, he's lost some athleticism. But, like, those, those two together on the back line, communicating. And I can't wait to see him play with Caruso because Caruso just yeah. lo- loves playing with guys who are, like, super smart, who know how to find him. That's, there's no, like, coincidence that he plays well with LeBron because LeBron's never going to miss you on a back cut. Le- LeBron's mm-hmm. never going to miss your, your screen that you did. And Marc Gasol's in that same mold. So having two of – I think that's the best passing, like, front court as well. It's just uh, he's, he's a great pickup. And And Jabari, I always want your thoughts on it as well.
1: Well, I was just going to say, just to piggyback that, like, you know, I see a lot of, I saw a lot of the same reaction, at least the initial reaction and you know, I made I made light of it on the timeline as well as soon as it was kind of announced that hey, you know, RIP to how you know NBA Twitter considers you know Marcus All. Because the truth of the matter is we know what that's about. Like, yes, is he thirty six right. years old? Of course. Can are you you know, can you expect 2012 Marcus All or twenty fourteen Marcus All? No, you probably shouldn't do that. But you know, kind of to mm-hmm. what both of you guys have been saying. What the what this particular Lakers team will ask of him, you know, I, I would be shocked if he plays more than twenty five minutes in a game. You know what I mean, or or, or especially in any any meaningless game. Uh, you know, he, he can specifically play that role as like the secondary or even like third, you know, third guy, you know, that can create that can gen- you, know, not, you know, not just make a good pass for a big man that can absolutely generate offense and create. Uh, I cannot wait to see the big to big action. You know, uh, that's you know, I, I've made mm-hmm. it no secret on the timeline. That's always been one of my favorite you know, one of my favorite deals. Uh, so I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, but you know, to, you know, to your point on the defensive end, while he may not be defensive player of the year, Marcus Saul anymore, I, I agree with you, Raj, you know, he, you know, the 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 intelligence that he brings on that end, you know, is is unparalleled. And the fact that you're going to have, you know, uh, you know, AD and him, and then obviously LeBron on that front line, I I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers led the league or right were right there at the top of the league defensively once again, and in in particular in in uh, charges taken this year. Like it, it would it would surprise me if they weren't. So I, I'm really excited. You know, I I really cannot wait to see this this team you know you know kind of grow together over the season.
0: And it brings us up beautifully because you know we did touch on the Lakers being the deepest team in the NBA, but I think it brings some I think it brings some really good problems because like you're looking at a team that I'd argue is 11 deep if you count Taylor and Horton Tucker. It's yeah. really real, and you know like. I don't remember the last time, I, I'm sure you guys will answer this, I don't remember a championship team reloading to this extent. Like This has been probably, because I feel like you've kept the same core principles in the team, but you've got better and younger, which is where, where we were at the start of the off season with a lack of assets we had as well, Like because basically all we had was that 28 pick and you turn it into this, I think it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal job done by the front office.
2: Um, It reminds me a little bit of, I don't know if you guys, I think it was in 2012 where we brought in like Matt Barnes, Steve Blake into that title team. That kind of gives me that kind of vibe. I think this team is still a little bit deeper, but it gives me kind of that kind of feeling where they're just, they didn't sit on their laurels. They kind of still improved the team. But That's the only time I can really, really remember like where a championship team got this much better. Maybe the Warriors getting Kevin Durant. I mean, that's like, obviously the only <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's the one
1: <laughs> outside
2: yeah. outside of that recently
1: there hasn't been because you know quite frankly yeah. a team that honestly you know would have been poised to make another run at it now of course you know you, you never know what takes place but a team that's been poised like right. that i've never i cannot honestly remember a team that you know that that was that aggressive and and, I'm, and i love to see it and
0: yeah like you said i think the aggression's been great because I think it then it highlights Rob Palinka as a person. I feel like he's not a guy who rests on his laurels. He wants the team to continue improving, and I think the biggest point is like if you look at most of the guys we brought in, obviously excluding the likes of Keith, Wes Matthews, and Gasol. Like if you look at Dennis Schroeder, if you look at Montrez Harrell, obviously resigning KCP, still only twenty seven as well. The, the core is built around AD now, essentially, in my opinion, anyway. Especially if you get the likes of Schroeder and Harold to stay long term as well. Like, it's really exciting, not just for this year. I think, like, this team can continue growing for years to come and then add in pieces alongside this nucleus as well.
2: Yeah, most definitely. They, they pretty much swapped out two 34, 35 year olds for a bunch of dudes in their mid 20s, which just shouldn't be capable for a team that doesn't really own their first round picks. The, a team that's like all the way um, capped out with two superstars um, re-signing. So it's just really impressive. It makes me think, like, I wonder what Rob's plan was last year, like if, if there was no Kawhi, you know what I mean? Like I'm just mm. – obviously it worked out. He obviously still fit together a wonderful roster, but I'm just curious. This guy obviously has a plan and knows what he's doing, which seems like a long stretch from what we were talking about from last from the last time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to have Rob Rob here.
0: And I just want to throw to you, Jabari, on this because I think this is an interesting conundrum because now I think you can make the argument that Kuzma is like the 10th best player on this roster. like, And I feel like where we were last year, where we were hoping he'd be the third option on this team, I think is A, it's a testament to the job that Rob's done and B, it's like, He's made Kuzma into a really good luxury player for the Lakers, but very
1: much expendable as well. You hit it on the head, and and that's the thing. Like at his best, like, like I, I recognize that Kuz is the punching bag of the timeline, and you know it. He, he opens the door himself. Oh, right. Like let's keep it real. Um, but you know we are you know, speaking generally. We we go a little bit overboard at times. But the truth of the matter is this: when he's at his best, uh, Kuz is probably good enough to be like the fourth or fifth you know best player on this team. But they don't need right. him to be like you know, like like you just kind of hit it on the head he's expendable now i i mean no disrespect when i say that but that is a testament to what this front office has done that's a testament to the plan that Roz was alluding to that's a testament to you know you know being as flexible as possible uh from a roster perspective but also in in terms of you know the, the guys that you you know, might be able to you know, substitute out at some point um, I think we. I think it, it, it was before the show, but you know, if I am Rob, I and I am sure he is. I am sure he's checking all, you know, any and all back channels. Why not reach back out mm-hmm. to you know Sacramento? Why not reach back out to you know, or actually, no, too late on Sacramento now because they were they were foolish enough to <laughs> like you know, to to, to define no, yeah. the matching of bogey. But you know, prior to that situation, I would have or you know, or, or the Knicks or somebody like that because while the Lakers may not need him. Kuzma is still an asset, is still an attract you know, an attractive player, you know, for a lot of play you know, for a lot of other franchises.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think there's like a like a gap between how he's seen on NBA Twitter, like I say this a lot, and how he's seen in the Lakers front office. Like this is like the guy they drafted, a guy they've developed mm-hmm. into a winning player, right? Like we were talking about with Montrez, they lost him for nothing. And the Lakers aren't just gonna throw him into some deal, right? Yeah. I saw like people saying they should have sent him to New York. And obviously, New York was never sending back Mitchell Robinson. Lakers Twitter is just like, sometimes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, it's just uh, us being green. No, but, like, you know, yeah, like, people wanted to send um, Danny Green and Kuz for, like, Marcus Morris at the trade deadline last year. and I was, Which is crazy. Which I just I was like, first of all, the Lakers are not just dumping Kuzma because he's salary. Like, they, they don't see him that way. Like, they see him as a guy they're developing, and he's developed into a winning player, which is just not – does not happen for 28 picks. Like, they just don't. Like – Twenty-eight picks rarely even get to their second contract, you know what I mean. So um, I think he's seen. He has obviously his stuff that he does on Twitter takes a lot of attention um, off of his game sometimes. But um, yeah, I think I think that's what happened with him. I think he'll be on the team and he'll be. He'll have to defend and hit corner threes pretty much, which which will be his role.
0: Which you know. If he accepts that role, that's the only, that's the biggest reticence I have with Kuz at this point is whether he accepts that role. If he accepts it, I feel like this could be a really, really big year for him because we've seen glimpses of it, especially in the bubble before the Denver series. And I feel like in the Miami series, he did really well defensively at times as well. He's becoming a guy that you can rely on defensively to guard wings. Like he really is. But it's like what you said. It's not just MBA has this per- Twitter has this perception of front office. Yeah. Kuz, I think, has this perception of himself oh, compared to sure. what he is as well. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing with Kuz that doesn't help him.
1: Like, like I, I got to keep it real I know with you, both you guys. You wanted to
0: jump in.
1: Yeah, my bad. I got to keep it real with both you guys. I think, to, I, to be honest with you, I think you you are going to have to speaking generally, you are going to have to move him because while he was willing to accept mm-hmm. that role and willing to do that, you know, for that first you know championship run, uh, specifically because right. he didn't get paid like other people and he's looking at other folks getting paid. I, I, I'm not, you know, right. I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying if I were him, I would under. I I could see the you know I could see the mindset of hey, look, I got to go out there and get my numbers. I got to go out there and get paid. Now, I'm not saying he's going to completely throw all team strategy aside or anything of that nature. And maybe he he might prove me wrong and he may come out and literally just be the perfect role playing guy, but I don't necessarily know that I would anticipate that. And, and to be honest with you, I think that's probably why the front office at the same time were at least exploring the idea, you know, like of of moving on from him or or, you know, cashing in on the on 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 him as a as a top asset.
0: No, and it's understandable as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a guy that, you know, in his contract year, we've seen the NBA, like we've just seen it with Clay Thompson, like, you know, two back-to-back injuries in your career, I hope, isn't done for Clay, but in effect it is, like, you know, it's sucky to say, like, I really hate saying it, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, having an ACL then an Achilles tear right after is, like, yeah. it's basically the curtain call for most players. Yeah. Like, you know, first of all, like, get well soon, Clay. I hope he does come back, but, like, That's and he's in a contract here where, like, you know, he's not Clay Thompson, like, he's not KD, where he'll still get a max deal off it. Like, you know what I mean? So, I understand why he'd want a bigger role and to show so he can show out, but at the same time, like, you're on a team without LeBron and AD. And then even to an extent, like, I think Dennis Schroeder's a better player than him at this point. I think Montrez Harrell's a better player than him at this point, um, at least a more effective player for this NBA than what Kuz is, because Trez knows his role. Um, so, yeah, like, what would you do with Kuz, Raj? Because I'd keep him in best-case yeah. scenario, but, like, I don't think he'd accept the role that the Lakers would give him yeah, at this point.
2: Yeah, for sure, right. I think I get seen more as like a Kuz apologist, I guess, too much. Um, but um, yeah, because I, I don't know. First of all, you don't get to this level being Kyle Kuzma without thinking you can do more, right? Without mm-hmm. thinking you can be um, one of those top players. I mean, you saw it last year with AD and LeBron didn't play. Mm-hmm. He would put up big numbers. He would drop 20. That's who he thinks he is. That's what he thinks he believes he can be. Um, I, but if the right like deal is there, then yeah, sure, like, you can move Kuzma. But I don't think... And I'm, I feel like the Lakers feel this way as well. He's not just going to be some salary dump or, like, you know, Precisely. Salary, mm-hmm. salary filler. Um, and re-watching all those finals games and playoff games, I don't know, uh, Jabari and Alan. I don't know if you guys saw this as well, but I forgot how many big shots he hit. Like, I know his percentages mm-hmm. weren't great, but there were a bunch of games where, like, the other team goes on, like, a 15-4 to four run, and then he hits, like, a corner three. That's not, like, wide open, but it's, like, a – little bit open like lebron finds him running and he hits like a big three that ends the run or another one where the lakers on a nice run and he hits a big three to kind of push the gap anymore like he had a bunch of huge shots yeah he did yeah Yeah. that get forgotten because he does a bunch of stuff like he drives in and tries to throw behind the back passes (laughs) you know he doesn't really need to and that stuff gets glorified on the timeline and they forget like oh man he just had like two straight defensive plays where he made the right play you know he helped and recovered in the right play but that doesn't get Shine and Kuz understands that that he's going to pay off his points, right? Like he's that's where the contract is going to come. And we just saw Jeremy Grant just take the same money to go to a worse team, right? So I mean, it's it's funny to see it with him. Um, but I hope he somehow gets paid somewhere. I don't think it will be here, though. Jabari, I agree with you. Um, it'll probably be somewhere else. That's so, a- he'll just join the CAA organization of the New York Knicks, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: That's, that that's likely where it, what it's going to be and but but honestly you know to then, that point like i i i agree with all of that like you know straight up coos is a you know Cruz you know coos is a productive n b a rotation guy and if he sees himself right. as as more than that as as a star hey yeah, go out there and get it you know i i i, I have right. you know there'll be no ill will this way but i also agree you don't just dump him you know like he's too you know too good of an asset right. to just dump so right
0: yeah, and that's why some of the debates on Twitter are stupid as well. Like at the same time, like yeah. you don't just dump a guy like Kuz who has so much value to the team. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It, especially at the contract he's on, because realistically, you're not getting a player as versatile and as dynamic as Kuzma is at the age he's at for three point five million or whatever he's on. Like I don't think people realize that aspect of it either. No, it you, get a, even, you get you get a
1: Mike Maccala if you do if you do something silly.
0: <laughs> let's not bring back PTSD Jamari. Like <laughs> let, let's let's shut the door on Mike muscala completely. All right, Meg, Mike, go back in the go
1: back in the
0: closet. <laughs> we talk about muscala or Porter there.
1: <laughs> hey <man>. exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's something in the name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just want to move on to um the the fit and the rotations and guys that you know we still have three roster spots open uh raj is there anyone who's sticking out for you right now that the lakers should add uh, as a guy who maybe could bring something else to this roster
2: honestly like i've been enjoying this roster so much like it's been tough for me to look outside it's funny because when we mm-hmm. got marcus all i was like we got marcus and my mentions fully like now let's go get deadman i'm like Let's enjoy Marcus. All like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, go get Deadman now. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's funny to see. Um, but I like him. I, I would like one more big. I don't really know who, um, is going out there, but I would like one more center, I guess, and maybe a, one more like ball handling guard at the end of the rotation. Uh, bring back Jared Dudley. I think that's, I think that's pretty much going to happen. Um, at least the way Dudley talks, he says a lot of we and uh, stuff like that in in his conversation. Mm-hmm. Like he's already on the team. So, um, but yeah, that, I think Deadmond would be a nice pickup. I think he got waived today, right? By yeah. Detroit. Um, so yeah, I think he would be a good, good guy to pick up. But man, I think I think this roster is ready to go, honestly. But uh, three more spots open. Let's see what Rob Rob does with these as well.
0: Touching on Dudley, um, Wes Matthews did mention
2: that he recruited him pretty
0: hard to join the Lakers, so that that tells me that, you know, Dudley either plans to stick around as a player or some capacity, but I don't think he's ready to retire yet, so, you know, I think Dudley is a foregone conclusion. Jabari, is there any name that sticks out to you, and why should it not be Pau Gasol? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Look, I love Pal Gasol. <laughs> Ultimately, if they ended up signing him, you know I would I would be happy for him. I yeah, he's not gonna be a rotation guy because he's just not that anymore, and that's okay. Ultimately, I would I I want him to retire an in a Lakers jersey. Regardless, they're going to retire his jersey. He's a Hall of Fame guy that you know was a part of you mm-hmm. know three three uh, you know finals runs that won two. So like that's not, that's out of you know that's neither here nor there. But the guy that I would like because I'm greedy because I always want to find like that you know that you know that bargain basement guy. I want Nicholas Batum. I recognize he's been utter utter garbage, you know, or played like utter garbage. Let me, you know, clean that up because I do think we get a little bit loose with how we describe grown men. Uh, but he, you know, I know that he, you yeah. know, he hasn't fulfilled or lived up to that contract in, in Charlotte. But let me be honest, that's Charlotte. Like, who, who, who's going to Charlotte and playing well? Who's going out? You know, like, it, once he got paid, he basically seemed like he was like, okay, we we here we go. Uh, br- br- give you know, if he's if he's willing to take. If he's willing to take a veteran, you know, minimal contract, I think you, I think there's still some game there.
2: Yeah, I don't know what Charlotte is doing because they waived him, right? So it's like a nine million hit on their cap for like the next three years. But I mean, Maybe if you so. could, you could have told me, platoon has been averaging fifteen a game like the last three years. I would, I would just believe you because I have not seen too many Charlotte <laughs> games. I don't think um, I'm not sure if he's been playing or not playing or. Um, what he's doing, but he fits the mold of like the archetype. He's like a long wing who can play make. Um, there's a reason he got 27 million a year for not too long ago, like three years ago. So that'd be an awesome pickup. It's kind of like a, a low risk, high reward um, mm-hmm. kind of guy. Like Dwight um, that'd, last that'd year. That'd be a fun guy to get. Exactly, yeah. A guy that I'd look to potentially
0: add as like a, a wing type player, a young guy, no less, is a guy like an Alonzo Trey Like a guy that you can Mm -hmm. like buy low on, but like Mm -hmm. a guy that potentially in a couple of years, if you develop him like with Phil Handy, who I think is probably the best player development coach in the NBA right now, um, I think is another guy there that, you know, alongside the likes of Caruso, THT, that could end up being a really, really high impact rotation player for this team in a few years if he develops and I didn't get New York like waving him a few months back because it made no sense from like his, I think he was, I think he was a good rotation player for him whenever he played, whenever I watched the Knicks anyway, which wasn't often like, but you know, but yeah, like that's a guy who, especially being a young guy and you know, it's hard to find high value young guys on the minimum. I think as a guy who's worth a flyer, if nothing else for the start of the year. Like, I don't know what you guys think about it, but I, I've, I've liked Trey since he entered the draft. I really have.
2: Yeah, I've seen a lot of draft guys are really high on him too. Um He went undrafted, right? Is that
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it was at Arizona.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he signed like a long-term deal with New York pretty early. Um But again, I don't know what they were doing over there. I think that was before Leon Rose took over, was it? Or was it after Adam? I think, no, I, it was think, after. I think
0: that was like his first move yeah like that's the first uh, thing he yeah, did that was like his big, first big move
2: <laughs> okay yeah so yeah it's kind of weird that he just got cut out the rotation i think um which was strange people are like why isn't he playing so i've i'm not sure but yeah he seemed like a good like scoring guard like he's a uh he's a high high volume scoring scoring guard
1: yeah he's got length he, yeah, you know so he, he might he might turn into a defender as well i i You know, as much as I would like Batum, to be honest with you, the smarter pickup you would probably be Mm -hmm. Trier. So that's a good, that's a good call.
0: And the the thing with this Lakers roster is, like, any guy that you pick up now is like a luxury. Like Raj said, is like we've had such a good off season that realistically, Mm -hmm. these last three spots, these guys aren't going to play. Like, so can you convince like a Dwayne Dedman to be like, I know you're getting thirteen mil off Detroit for this year. But, like, at the same time, do you you want to come on a championship team and play zero minutes? He had that experience in San Antonio when he was there, like, Mm. before he exploded. Like, you know, so I don't know if he wants to do that at this point in his career, whether he wants to go play a team. I don't know where he'd go that would give him big minutes at this point on a contender. But I, I like the Deadman. I think he could be a really good like insurance big just in case, you know, knock on wood, something happens to, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen to Mark. But at the same time, like, you know, you never know of injuries. Like, so that's another guy who's definitely. Um, but looking at the rotation as a whole, guys, like I I, I think the biggest conundrum is who you start between KCP and Schroeder at this point. I think the other four positions are pretty locked in at this point, between Wes... LeBron, AD, Mark. Um, I know you you mentioned it earlier that you'd start KCP, Raj, but Jabari, which way would you go with that? Because I think that's a really interesting uh, conversation to have.
1: I'd probably start KCP as well, specifically because he played, he he very clearly played his best alongside LeBron and AD. He seemed more comfortable when he was with the starting unit because, you you know, how some guys, it doesn't, you know, like it doesn't matter to them. You know, like they're going to bring the same energy, the same focus, the same, you know, attention to detail regardless. And I'm not saying that he can't, uh, but there are certain guys that, you know, they just, for whatever reason, if you start them, if you start them, you know, the, you know you're going to get more out of them. Uh, I would probably go that route specifically also because Dennis is, is accustomed to, you know, uh, you know, being a secondary guy. And also I'd like to spread out some of that playmaking. So yeah, like, you know, while of course LeBron and Dennis will see the court at the same time at, at various points in the game. Um, I, I think having Dennis in that second unit, you're, you're really looking good.
0: Yeah. And I had Kwame on the, on the show last night and uh Kwame, I mean, we, we made a. We, we were discussing it, and it was like our backup five of Schroeder, Caruso, Coos, Keith, and Trez. That makes the playoffs in the East. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I stupid in thinking that? But I legitimately think that starting five of a decent bench could make playoffs in the East, uh-huh. which is right ridiculous how stacked we are
2: right now. <laughs> yeah, that's probably better than what Charlotte, New York, all those. Uh, Washington, maybe I don't know. It depends how good Wall is coming back, but um, yeah, that they'll definitely fight for a playoff spot for sure. And also, like I like the defense in the starting lineup with a uh, KCP allows um, that to continue what they did last year. Pretty much just filling in Marcus right? Um, so then it's yeah. a lot more continuity, and then that bench can build their own kind of continuity there. Um, with all the new pieces just fitting in, Caruso and Kuzma and Marquise. and um, then obviously um, I, I, but I expect Schroeder to close a lot of games, um, uh, going forward. But yeah, I would like to keep KCP, and they just paid KCP right, like thirteen million dollars. Yeah, are you know, they're gonna keep him. to keep him in that starting lineup.
0: Well, um, then you have THC off the bench as well. Like I could easily see us go like eleven man rotations to start the year. Especially with like Bron. I think Bron's gonna take I, if he's if he's not gonna take a lot of games off, he's gonna take a lot of minutes off, especially at the first few months of the season. So I'm really excited to see these guys develop, you know, in with this chemistry, because I don't think chemistry will be an issue again um with this group. Because I've especially listened to like Wes Matthews today on Spectrum and ESPN and listening to Trez yesterday they seem like high character guys who are just ready to play and it's the same mold of players that Rob targeted last year you know as talent aside he's targeting players that are more highly motivated to show out and you know what it's it's a really good model to have for these guys because I think having that extra motivation with a championship roster it just I think it propels it to the next level where like i'm looking at the top tier and i know milwaukee got slightly better from last year because i like Drew more than i like bledsoe a lot more but like i don't see any team maybe brooklyn if kd is kd okay. um but i don't see any team at this point at this junction obviously yeah anything can change in a 72 condensed season um I don't see any team like really challenging the Lakers. Like I really don't, and that's like a crazy thought to think. Like where we were before we traded for AD like sixteen months ago.
2: Like <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Man, this team this team looks good. <laughs> it just it just does. It's it's a deep roster. Obviously, you don't win titles on paper, but it I, just it looks like that's where we're headed.
1: I was just going to say, like, like, there's no such thing as a paper championship. If that, if that were the case, you know, the Clippers might have gotten it last year. But, and, you know, and of yeah. course, it's a matter <laughs> of, you know, your luck with the injury bug. You know, how the coaching staff puts them together, you know, how the pieces all fit, you know, once you actually do see them out there. But the truth of the matter is, what this past season did for me was it instilled some, you know, some good faith in this, you know, in this staff's ability to, you know, to put the, put people in positions to be successful in this group, in the core group's ability to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, subjugate their games, you know, when needed, you know, it, for the betterment of the team. So, yeah, man, this is very exciting. Like, I I, don't want to come across as just, you know, three Lakers homers, even though, you know, who cares? <laughs> um, but, you know, truth right. of the matter is, on paper, they do look da- – they, they look damn good.
0: Right. Yeah, like, if someone told me that we'd have Schroeder and Harrell on our team three months ago, I'd ask what type of crack they're smoking. I really would. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, you know, it, it's a real, real – it's an exciting time to be a laker fan because like i don't know i was I was having this argument with one of my friends like i don't see the lakers dropping off in the near future in like the next four or five years like i think rob's earned that type of good faith with, with the fans now anyway that he'll always be looking to get better and he'll always be aggressive in free agency and trades which is an awesome but he won't do the wrong deal either like right. which is a huge you know it's, it's huge like we've seen how many times we're like, like we've seen it with Danny Ainge. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he just trades, he treats people like assets and like, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's already looking to shop Kemba and stuff after selling them and being the centerpiece of the Celtics. Like, Like, it, it's ridiculous. Like you know, like how long will it be before we hear like you know stories about Jalen Brown being shopped, even though he just signed a new deal? Right. Or like you know, in a year's time, if they if they don't get to the conference finals, <laughs> will we hear about like Jason Tatum, like you know, being shopped around? Like you know,
2: as, as stupid as that would be by the Celtics, but yeah, it's, it's funny. We did a whole podcast and we haven't brought up LeBron James yet, but uh... or, and <laughs> then loosely
1: brought
0: up ad yeah, who's <laughs> like...
2: yeah, still on this team. Um... But, man, it, what what this roster kind of allows, what I've been thinking about, because, like, I mean, we both agree LeBron was still the best player in the world last year, yeah. right? He's still the best player in the world all the way up till October, which is just uh, pretty insane. But what this allows, like, even if he does drop, which there's no evidence at all that he is going to drop at all, but even if he drops from the best player in the world to, let's say he drops to, like, the third best player in the world, the gap in now rosters allows him the talent to do that. Um, last year, I'm not sure if he dropped – was the talent uh, gap between the Lakers and other teams enough to where um, the Lakers could still be this dominant team. Maybe they still win the title, but they might not be as dominant as they were. But like for now, the the roster and the talent around him, he doesn't have to be the best player in the world, which he still probably is, but he doesn't have to do that. And then obviously Anthony Davis ascension. I think we're going to get a crazy Anthony Davis year. Um, no pressure anymore none of this he can't win he doesn't do it in the playoffs all that is all thrown out thrown out he can just go and hoop so i i just want to bring those two up
0: (laughs) well i was just about to say like i don't know i was gonna throw it to you jabbar because it just popped into my head because i honestly believe that ad will be a front runner for the mvp because i think lebron will I don't think he'll take the season off because lebron doesn't do that but i think you'll see him especially for the first few months not care as much about the regular season as he did last year which you know he's all entitled to because he's almost 36 and you know we need him to be the best player in the world in june not in january i don't care about him being the best player in the world then so like unless like Lakers spike gets in the way i'm thinking AD being a monster could lead to him winning his first MVP, which I think would be well-deserved as well because he's the best big in the game. And in my opinion, he's a top three player in the league at
1: the moment now as well. Listen, if AD shoots the way that he shot in the bubble, it's not going to matter. Like, like, let's just keep this real right here, right now. <laughs> if AD shoots that way, he'll be the MVP. The Lakers are going to repeat, and it's not going to matter. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, so far as to guarantee that because you just don't know. Like, you know, that could have been an anomaly, or it could be, right. it could fall somewhere, you know, in between, which is still a very formidable player. The, you know, to to, to Rogers' right. point, to the point that you just made. The Lakers won't need LeBron to be, you know, they. It doesn't matter whether he's the top, the you know, top player, or the third best player, or the fifth best player throughout the regular season. Right. What they need, and what this roster has given them, is the ability for him to just be a top guy, like a top ten, top fifteen type guy on a lot of nights, and just be healthy when you know when you get to the postseason. And a lot, and a lot of the reason why that's going to be beyond the depth is because I also, I you know, like the two of you, I anticipate this being another big year from AD, a, a statement year. Like he he made all types of statements all throughout that bubble, you know, all throughout the postseason. But I think we're going to get you know that, that that same type of year from him this year. You know, Definitely. maybe it's not you know fifty five percent from three point, you know, from the three point line, but you know, pretty darn good. And uh, you know, like you, I do anticipate the same type of you know the same type of uh, success.
2: Yeah, and Jabari, if if AD is hitting jumpers like he did in the bubble, it could be us three AD and like you know Le- LeBron and we're going to win the title. Like, there's there's no stopping that if he's hitting mid range jumpers. He was hitting like KD level, just pull up jumpers in people's faces. So I, I agree with you. If he's hitting those, then just shut the shut the season down. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the argument i use like there's no one in the league that can guard ad because if you put like a smaller quicker guy in him he'll just overwhelm him with power if you put a bigger guy in him who's slow he'll just He'll kill him, like, and he'll, he's like that pull-up he's got now. I think, I don't think it's an anomaly that I think he, mm-hmm. that's easily repeatable. We saw it enough last season, even pre-bubble day. I think he's got that. I think the three-point shot is there as well. And I, I think he'll be more streaky than anything else. But I think he'll go nights where he'll go like six for seven from three, and then he'll go nights where he's like oh for five. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. the main thing is, is like I think that he's in the right position to like. With Vogel as well, I think we not going like the entire podcast and talking about how great a coaching stuff we have as well. Like, um, I think Frank Vogel is probably, I think he likes it this way though. I think he likes going under the radar. Yeah. But this guy, in my opinion, should be talked about with like the Eric Spoelstra's of the world, with the Quinn Snyders, with, I think he's a better coach than Brad Stevens, but I don't think NBA Twitter's ready for that conversation yet. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like, I think Frank Vogel, the job he's done with LeBron and AD, and now I'm so excited to see this group defensively because I think this will match the way he wants to play basketball a lot more defensively. He's got a lot more younger athletic guys where he can just shoehorn them into AD and Mark a at the rim, and I think it will be so great to watch.
2: Yeah, and he he lives in the film room, right? Like He's just a guy that studies the tape. He's all about basketball. Um, His game plans in the playoffs were just so great. What he did to Houston... Um, should be, you know, memorialized forever, um, just grabbing <laughs> Harden every single time. And then being able to adjust, right, going to uh, in the Denver series, having to go with a Jokic-Murray kind of uh, defensive coverage, that's way different than defending a Harden um, screen roll game or isolation game. So it was really cool to see him adjust. And I'm excited to see what he does with a guy like Harold. You know, we talked about earlier his defensive shortcomings, but that's a guy that has th- defensive, like, Skills. If you know how to like mold them and put them in the right way, the guy has speed. So I'm excited what Vogel's going to do with this roster. Man, they they gave him just a bunch of tools um, to work with, and I'm sure he he's not too pleased with having only a month left to go before (laughs) before the games start to count. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Definitely, and I know Jabari, you probably feel the same way with that as well.
1: No, without a doubt. I'm I'm just sitting here looking at this, looking at this roster. Going, they really gave two of the greatest, you know, two of the greats, uh, two six main candidates, you know, in their prime and solidified. Man, this is this is look. Okay, the joke was made. I think it was. Uh, who was it that made it earlier? Uh, made the Bill Simmons reference where he's like, "Listen, guys, you know, it were the the 67 wins rant." Well. It uh, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. was it
1: cold. I think it was cold that did that. Let me let 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 me just yeah. go here and say it. I yeah, under yeah. I, right in this moment, and this is the only time I've ever said this. I understand where Bill was coming from because because that that's how I'm feeling right now. Like like I, I don't care about a total amount of wins, but this team is going to be a buzzsaw if they stay healthy. Just that simple.
0: And I think the best part about it is. I mentioned it on the podcast that I recorded yesterday. I think this team can play. They don't need to have a style of play that Mm -hmm. they have. I think they can match up with anyone and probably play that style of play better than what that team does, which is completely absurd to me as well. Like (laughs) going through that route, because even if you go small ball, your small ball fives AD and like, ad shouldn't be a small ball five like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like his size and his you know it's ridiculous and i know it sounds like three lakers homers right now but like it's a damn good time to be a laker fan yeah. guys
2: <laughs> really title man we were allowed this <laughs> we're allowed to yeah. the marquee Moore is like retaining him at the minimum oh huge I just i know it, it'll kind of get slid over all the other additions but, man, that, that guy was a big part of, like, our versatility. right? When you talk about versatility, Definitely. What, does that, what does that mean? That means being able to throw a guy like that at the four who can defend bigger players, who also rebounds, spaces the floor. Um, I was looking at some numbers, and they were, like, a plus 17 with AD and Marquise Morris on the floor during the playoffs. Like, that's that's blowing teams out while they're on the court. Um, so I, I was so glad to have him. And then, obviously, Wes Matthews at the minimum as well, just – just adding to it, um, replacing uh, Danny Green's uh, and Avery Bradley's um, leaving. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm hyped for this season. Do both of you guys have <laughs> younger siblings? Yes. No, I have an only child.
1: You're an only child? Okay, all right. Well, this is what – shout out to the Clippers for being like that younger brother that, you know, you come home from work hungry, tired, and he's got a sandwich just there waiting for you, like, or whatever, whatever your favorite meal is, because that's what they basically did by subsidizing the money, you know, their Morris and, and making it so that our Morris can accept you know, <laughs> at such a low rate. Shout out to them because good looking out. It was, it was a long day. I was tired at the end of the day. And they, you know, they have my favorite sandwich just waiting for me. Good looking out.
0: I was about to say, like, Steve Ballmer just inadvertently let Keith Morris run it back. Like, God bless you, Steve Ballmer. Dang. Spread the love Especially after he tried to do so many under-the-table deals last year. But let's not get onto that allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I think, I think that's a great point to end on guys. I think, you know, I think we could talk probably for like another two hours about the versatility of this roster, like looking into different aspects and stuff. And I'll leave that for this season because once we see it transpire, I think we'll get even more excited about it. Thank you guys both for coming on Raj. I'll throw to you first. Where can the people find your work? Where can they follow you, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh, Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alan. Again, uh, it's great to be on here with you and Jabari uh, at Twitter is at unwritten rules. Uh, last e is a three. I have some stuff up for Lakers outsiders and stuff like that coming out, and some videos and things like that. Let's go. <laughs> and Jabari, as always, a
0: huge thank you. Where can the people find you?
1: As I always say, and I absolutely mean it, the pleasure is mine, Ellen. I do appreciate it, and Raz, it was good. It was good to pod with you again. Definitely appreciate your time. Um, I'm Easy Jabari Davis NBA. Uh, as I always say, Doug's discourse is dope and you should listen to it.
0: I I agree. And Josh, I believe, while he throws up yes. some silly points about the Lakers sometimes, <laughs> is a great dude and you should follow him yeah. like as well. I think I think I think that, that podcast is fantastic and you both do great work on there. So respect to both of you for that. Thank you. Um thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe. We are still in a pandemic. Take care and go Lakers.